Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following was recorded in April 2017 in Lennox Head, Australia. It's called Aloneness. Jean-Paul Sartre said, Hell is other people. For many, many people, their troubles have to do with what other people are doing. The behavior, the beliefs, the politics, the words. Of other people. We mostly don't spend a lot of time fretting about what the other animals are doing, right? We don't really think about it that much. It's the people, the the human animals. (laughs) But what if they were not so dissimilar from the other animals in terms of the behavior, in terms of their being driven by certain natural impulses or conditioned impulses, right? And after a point, it all starts to feel very impersonal, including your own. It starts to feel very much like a program that's running designed by nature. So one of the things that makes us upset and why hell is other people is there's a story that they should know better. (laughs) But they just don't. (laughs) Just as you didn't know better, sometimes when you look back and see there were certain things you did that you consider uh, that, they, that it didn't go well. You might say it was a mistake. But you really didn't know better then. You were operating with what you knew at the time. So when there is this sense of hell as other people, one of the things I do with that is one of my shortcuts that I say to myself is he or she, he, he's just being him. Right? She's just being her. It often cuts through. I see it from a more spacious point where I realize they're operating with their full compartment of, um, their full complement, I meant, um, of... Wisdom or intelligence or lack thereof in the moment. Now, as that applies to ourselves, if we're lucky, we learn from our supposed missteps. We learn from looking back and having a bit of remorse about something a behavior when we were hellish to someone else or to ourselves. We look back and we think, oh, <clears throat> 
doing the best I could at the time, but happy to learn that lesson going forward. But not everyone is able to learn the lessons. Not everyone learns easily. Let's face it. There's different levels of, um, of ability in students. So some, in, in Buddhism, there's, a, there's an image that supposedly the Buddha used where um, he said there's the, the slow learner, the really slow learner. He likened to a horse that to make it go, you really have to crack it with the whip a lot of times. Terrible, terrible thought, terrible image, but anyway. Then there's this sort of medium student where a few cracks of the whip and it goes. And then there's what he considered the highest, the most intelligent, where, as he said, you would only need to, the horse would only need to see the shadow of the whip. And so some of us, you know, as soon as we see the shadow, we get it. Others of us have to really be <laughs> beaten a few times with the whip. But as we can see, there's a range always. In our own case, sometimes we've learned things quickly and sometimes not so quickly. But we also see with other people, sometimes for whatever reasons, wisdom does not come easily to them. We even see people who get oh, all the way to the end of their lives. You know, there's this sort of hope, and you do see it, that older people have learned a few things with time. And you do see that, true. But you also see sometimes you're astonished that people get to a certain old age and it doesn't seem like they've learned much at all. And that does also happen. When there's an attraction to Dharma, there is a quickening of what I call awakened intelligence. There's a quickening of wisdom when there's an attraction to Dharma because it's like your, your, your mind starts focusing on a certain channel and it keeps, it keeps feeding things and all the information coming through is being fed through the Dharma channel. So when it's obvious something has to be let go, letting go starts to happen. When it's obvious that something needs to be uh, reconsidered in terms of behavior, that just automatically starts to happen when there's this tuning into, let's call it for today, the Dharma channel. And you rely on that to get through in life. You rely on that awakened intelligence to arise as needed and to guide you as needed. And one of the things that that, another aspect of it is that when you're thrown by the behavior, by the, the politics, by the madness of humans that is going on on this planet, right? 
the Dharma channel takes that information, sees it as it's happening, sees it as the news comes in, and there's some kind of merciful surrender that says they're just being them. It may be very costly for all of us. Maybe. There's a pecking order at school, not just with the kids. With the moms. (laughs) With the moms. Yeah. So it's really interesting. As an older mom at a school... Um, to watch all this stuff going on. Um, And I'm a mum that drops off and gets out quickly (laughs) and doesn't hang around, you know, and then shows up to do a project and then gets out. And the other day um, I I realised I was affected. I was kind of hurt because I'd been there a while. Well, the kids had been there a while. And um, I guess you'd say some alpha females, um, I just noticed, oh, it's really curious. I've never really chatted and I'm an open person, you know. (laughs) So, you know, and I can see there's a tinge of hurt there in that, you know. Um, And definitely I would feel, I feel alone there. This is being honest. So it was expo day and the room was full with parents and full, you know, and I was right there wanting to be really present with each child and really, you know, look at, you know, take my time. And and then I noticed in my body it was just getting really hot because all the parents were talking a lot together in the middle of the room and I just felt I need to get out of here. It was just this thing, go. Yeah. And so I sat alone in the playground. It's probably something I did as a kid, but, I, you know, so there's this alone thing. It's a quality in my story. But that aloneness is part, I think, it's actually protected me. I mean, that's that. what I'm recognising is um, using my own words, but, you, you know, the Dharma is showing up in that way. Yeah. I don't need to get involved. I don't need to, yes. you know, and what I notice is... Um, it doesn't deny the little hurt or the feeling of feeling left out or excluded or a little uncomfortable or, um, you know, picking up what's in the space. Yes. But um, there was a real acknowledging of me and my dignity in the playground, you know, waiting yes. for the kids to come down. And it was sitting there alone, you know. I'm not in the click. Yes. And I've never been in the click, really. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good, good. All very good. So, yeah, so this is an example of what, that's what comes up when you're talking. Okay, this is an honest, practical example for me. Um, And there is some sadness, you know, because you want to be part of and you're not in that way. Yeah. If if your nature is akin to that of, say, an eagle, right, you're not going to want to hang out in the chicken yard. And the chickens don't want to be an eagle. They're happy being with each other in the chicken yard, right? right. So, but there is, I, I, and I but also... there's also a pain. In, and in I, I was going to address that part, which I, I really loved the way you expressed it. Um, because here's the great freedom. It's not that you ever find yourself 
entirely free of these kinds of emotions Mm -hmm. of pain, of hurt, of feeling left out, or sometimes jealous, or or all those kinds of things. Again, through the Dharma channel, through the Dharma perspective, what that does with it, it just says, okay, you're being just as you are. You're feeling just what you're feeling. That's it. And there's like an undercurrent, a deeper layer of acceptance that is just perfectly fine and quiet with however the creature is responding. So there you are sitting in the car, and there's this little wistful thing of how come I I don't get to be the joiner. I don't get to join in. It isn't pleasurable for me. How come? Whatever, you know? That kind of story that goes on. And another part is saying, also, is deeply surrendered, right? Is deeply honoring of your own nature. And that's great freedom, right? Sometimes one walks alone, and it's lonely sometimes. And it just is. But the trade-off that you're making is actually is actually protective and is actually more um, aligned with with your own integrity. I was one time at a party in San Francisco and it was incredibly high level. I mean, it was incredible. The cook had been flown in from Italy two or three weeks in advance. This really world-class chef. Mm-hmm and had been working for all that time to prepare this um, along with various assistants. It was at one of the, in one of the most beautiful properties in the entire Bay Area, which has many, but wow. this was really one of the best. Um, and of course, it was filled with dazzling people, right? Well, I invited some of my friends to this party, um, and just a few of them, just a few friends of mine. Um, and midway through this, all I could think was, I want this to end. I just want, I don't want to be here. And one of my friends and I, he, he's very much like me, another eagle. We found each other and we went to like the back of some one building that was on the property. And there was some steps And we went and sat on those steps away from the party, just the two of us, and we had a real conversation. And during this real conversation, this is going back about 25, 26 years now, during this real conversation, he's Jewish, and he told me that there's a, I don't know if it's a story in Judaism, anyway, somehow it's a belief system that, he said something like that, at any given time, there are only around 12 wise people on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Have you? Yeah. Yeah. This this sense of, not not that we necessarily thought we were two of the 12, but but, but pointing to the rarity of people who want to live in the really deep waters. Mm -hmm. And that is not that many people. I mean, there's just not. Um, you know, and so, I mean, eventually we had to go make an appearance back at the party. But for me, I almost remember nothing of that party. Mm. I kind of blanked it out, except sitting with him in those, in that precious time that we 
entered into the eternal truths, you know. So for some people, that's all that's interesting to them. And they cannot just chit-chat. They cannot just yak about nothing for very long. I mean, one can do it politely for a while, but you just can't make a habit of it, as many, many people do in the world. I mean, it seems to me many people in the world never talk about anything else. Um, They never talk about anything but superficial things and are uncomfortable if anything veers into something a little more profound. Um, And if one is not made that way, if that's not interesting to you, you have to accept not fitting in to that club. And it can feel lonely. And we, we can feel it sometimes with family. We can feel it in all kinds of circumstances where we yearn for it to feel connected. And there may even be a little story that says, this should be where I can be myself. This should be where I am accepted for no particular reason, for the incontrovertible reason of just being. This should be that. But sometimes it really isn't. And... And even though that thought arises and that little hurt arises, underneath it, as I've said, there's a surrender. There can be a surrender that just says, okay, so be it. If I have to walk alone in the world, Punjaji once said, if no one comes to satsang, I'll have satsang with the breeze. Right? That if, if no one else wants to have this conversation, then I'll have it with the breeze. And the other thing to know is that as much as we yearn for it, to have somebody or some group of people, our tribe, really know us intimately and really get us and really celebrate, you know, get the beauty of our trip, uh, it may not come to be, even with the most, the closest, most intimate friends, lovers, family, everyone, just, there's a great, um, a great passage by Einstein in which he talks about that all his life he had felt like a lone traveler and even surrounded by, you know, family and friends and even standing in front of hundreds of people in, on a stage, that these feelings of aloneness have intensified with the years, that it's gotten more and more, as he got older, more and more the intense experience of aloneness. Isn't that incredible? I'm just really enjoying also the room and how... The synchronicity of often when I'm called to come and sit with you that it's exactly what I need to hear in the moment Mm. and how the real gift of other people's experience allows me to see my own experience more clearly, like having a torch shone upon it. Yes. And that's occurred for me today 
as I also am challenged by being alone and waking up this morning and have a beautiful view of a big tree and mm-hmm. just and I have a cat that snuggles me <laughs> and just opening the blind to that tree and seeing a gorgeous parrot sitting in that tree and mm. just feeling that sense of beauty and wonder and expansion and joy for the moment and and then in another moment feeling sadness and you know and so there's a lot of that going on for me and it's almost like a breath in and a breath out yeah so as I draw that in and then and choose great freedom and one moment and then sorrow, aloneness, wanting a partner, wanting friends to share who are on my wavelength and think all those things. All those so, things. So it's very potent, everyone's sharing today. Yeah, I, yes, it was, that is certainly yeah. on, the, uh, on the subject. Absolutely. Yeah. But so. it's great that, that you're experiencing both, you know. Yeah. That, that, and, and, of course, it arises. Of course. The, the, yeah. You know. Yeah, feelings of it's easy to obsess and get caught in a, a thing and I do know that over time I've I've been my heart's been broken open many times and I welcome it now for the great expansion that will occur even though at first it's very painful yes and I just allow myself to have that pain and welcome it and let it flow through me and know that one day there'll be a little bit less of that. There'll be a little bit less of the obsessing and the thinking and just yeah. and more of the the bird on the tree or the breath. The, you know, I've just been enjoying this the beautiful bird song today and the, the breeze that's been coming through in wafts and just the blue sky, mm. everything, the beauty abounds. Thank you. That's lovely. Lovely. Wow. <laughs> I can't really add anything to this, so I think we'll end here. (laughs) This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineegram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype, see the schedule for Dharma Dialogues and Retreats, or make a tax-deductible donation in support of this work. Till next time. Mm -hmm.